Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, just for every cry that's going up from this house, oh God, from the audible cry to the cry from every heart. We thank you that you do hear and you do answer prayer, oh God. Lord, we just ask, oh God, for your blessing upon your word. Lord, we pray tonight, Lord, even especially thinking of Andrew, Julius, son, Lord, we're praying for this young man tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the midst of this tragedy, Lord, in the midst of the despair, Lord, we thank you that there is a still small voice. Lord, you'd convict him of sin, Lord, you'd bring him to the end of himself. Lord, that you would save him, Lord. Amen. Lord, everything of what the devil's meant for evil, you'll turn it for good, Amen. Lord. Yes. Lord, we believe in an almighty Amen. God. There isn't anything too hard for you. Lord, we pray that you would supernaturally work and move by your mighty power in these days, Lord, amongst our families, our unsaved loved ones. Lord, would you turn hearts back to you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're more than able, O oh God. Oh, Father, we just praise you for all that you mean to each of us, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord, afresh as we come just around your word for these few moments, Lord. Just bless your word, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to read from verse 3, just verses 3 and verses 4. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. Amen. When you get there, if you could stand, we'll read the Word of God together. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's read it together. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, by that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Praise the Lord. This three and four. Let's take a seat. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I just want to uh, speak tonight just for a few moments on uh, water baptism. And I know I would say most people in this room have gone through the waters, but I believe it's important that's uh, it's a very wonderful thing to go through the waters of baptism, and it's a wonderful thing to understand the symbolism of that, and it's good to come afresh to it to grasp it. But if you have your Bibles, if you would turn just back to Matthew chapter 3, we're going to look at the example in Scripture that is Jesus Christ himself, who was baptized in water at the beginning of his ministry. What is important to note is that he was around the age of 30 at this point, the beginning of his ministry, his earthly ministry, and in Matthew 3, verse 13, I will just pick up the reading there. And it says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, 
in whom I am well pleased. It's wonderful when the scripture brings the complete focus of everything of what this is all about on the person of Jesus Christ. You'll note here that Jesus went into the river and John baptized him fully, emerging him onto the water and coming up straightway the heavens opened. And this is the example for us as believers in water baptism. I know that there are a lot of different ideas, there's different traditions across the denominations that have crept in through tradition. But when we come to God's word, it's important to note that the pattern that has been left to us by example in the life of Jesus and also through his instruction is that water baptism is total immersion in water and it's for those who are believers. If you turn over to Mark chapter 16, we'll just follow just a few very simple scriptures tonight. Mark chapter 16, Jesus not only himself set the example, but he also instructed his followers to specifically baptize those who believe. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world, Preach the gospel to every creature. Now here's an important instruction. He said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. My name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Praise the Lord. Here's the great commission. Jesus is sending out his disciples into the world to preach the wonderful gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he very clearly says there in verse 16, if you just look at it again, he says, He that, what does he say? He that believeth. Baptism, water baptism, important to know. Is for those who believe. It's for believers. It's called believers' baptism. You'll not find in Scripture anywhere where infants were sprinkled or baptized. It became a church tradition that crept into several denominations over the centuries, and that was brought in in some way to try and bring a covering for children to bring them into the church. There's only one way that you become part of the church of Jesus Christ. It's not a denomination. It doesn't matter what denomination it is. There's only one way. That is through the new birth. When a man is born again. He is brought into the kingdom of God. He's born of the spirit. Baptized into the body of Christ. And so the Lord here is instructing the disciples as they would go. They would preach the gospel to every creature. He clearly says the Lord's words. He that believeth, to believe in your heart, to believe that Jesus died, that you're a sinner, you need to be saved, to repent of your sin, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that as we read tonight, that he died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, to repent and put your faith and trust in Jesus and ask him to come into your heart. You're a believer in Jesus, and baptism is for those who believe. But the disciples, of course, just following this through very simply, the disciples, of course, obeyed the command of the Lord, the instruction. You turn over into Acts chapter 2, 
the great day of Pentecost, great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, great conviction of sin. 3,000 souls were about to be swept into the kingdom of God. What a mighty day this was. In Acts chapter 2, when in their hearts they became convicted, they knew in their hearts that they needed to get saved. The Holy Spirit, there was a sense within them, they maybe did not grasp at all, but there was a sense within their hearts that they needed to respond to the gospel. That Jesus died for them, that he was buried, that he is risen again, and now they must get right with God. And here Peter stands up, and in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, he says these words now. When they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. There was, there was a witness in their hearts that they had to respond to what they were hearing. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what are we supposed to do? That's a fair question. They're convicted in their hearts. The Spirit of God's dealing with them. Peter has preached the gospel to them. And now they are responding to ask the question, what are we supposed to do? Peter said very clearly to them, it's so simple. In verse 38, then Peter said unto them, what did he say? He said, repent. Turn from your sin, turn from who you are as a sinner, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was very clear pattern in Scripture. Christ set the example. We see that he instructed the disciples to go into the Word to preach the gospel. We see the outworking of that after the day of Pentecost, that Peter then instructed them that they're to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see clearly, very simply in Scripture, the Bible is the authority in these matters that water baptism were for those who believed with their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> the word baptism, of course, in the Greek simply means to be immersed, to be plunged under water. That's what it simply means. And so... The idea, the symbolism of baptism is very important. We read tonight in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, For I delivered unto you first that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. And so very simply, the symbolism of that is Christ died, he was taken off the cross, and he was buried, and then he was raised again on the third day. And so the symbolism for us in water baptism, and it is symbolism, you can be saved, and on the moment that you're saved, if you haven't been water baptized, you're saved by grace alone, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So important to know that. But it is important as believers, we want to obey the Lord, want to walk in His ways, because that's where the blessing is for our lives. So the symbolism is found in Romans chapter 6. If you turn over and just to look at this for a moment because this is really, really important. To understand it, to be reminded of it and what it actually means when a man or a woman believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and they're saved, that they're instructed to obey the Lord. And Romans chapter 6 verse 1 says these words, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we 
are buried with him by baptism into death. This is really important because in our baptism, what we're identifying ourselves with and in our salvation is that there's been a death with him. We have died with Christ. There's a putting off of that old man, that old life, that old way. The old things have passed away and there's a, a death with him. We identify not only with his death, but there's a death in us. We no, no longer live, but it is, we sung it tonight, it is Christ that lives in us. And so we are buried with him by the baptism on the death. Not only is there a death, but also there's a resurrection. And so there has to be the death in order for the resurrection to be a reality in that life that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. It's a new life. Christ has given us a new life. And so the symbolism for us in water baptism and when we are saved and when we give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, we're identifying ourselves with the death of him on the cross, the old man, the old him, the old ways. We're crucified with Christ and we're buried with him. But praise the Lord, we're risen with him. It's a resurrection life. It's a new life that Christ gives us. It's not turning over a new leaf. It's not trying our best. It's not trying to get our shoulders up and our back straightened to go on in life. But it's a new life in the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. For if we have been planted together says in verse 5, in the likeness of his death. So we've been planted. So when a believer walks into the waters and stands in those waters, and the symbolism of this is that they are identifying themselves with the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they're put down in under the water, there's a burial that takes place. There's a burial of our old life. There's a burial of our old ways. Thank God it's gone. Amen. The symbolism of all of that is that we're burying our old ways, our old self with Christ. But praise the Lord, there's a resurrection. Amen. We've received the new life. A new life has been given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the symbolism or the identity with it. Sadly today, you'll know and I know it's even in the churches that believe in Baptism by immersion. It seems to be that people get saved and then we'll wait to see how they go. But really in scripture it was that there was a response to the scripture. There was a response in their heart. They were born again. They were saved and they led them down to the river. And they went into the river and they were baptized in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. And they were raised in the newness of life. And it was a new life. It was an identity with Christ. It was a public declaration that no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives within me. For we're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the power of God on the salvation. So we're planted together in the likeness of his death. We are dead. We are dead. There has to be a death for there to be a new life. There has to be a death to who we are. And most of the difficulties in our lives come when the old man is not dealt with in the death. Most of the problems that occur is not the devil and his horde of demons, but it's the old man that tries to be resurrected and take the throne. Thank God, as Paul says, I die daily. I must put this man down because it's Christ that lives within me. And so in this newness of life, 
we shall also it says in the likeness we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection a life to live in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ a new life a new life knowing this that our old man is crucified with him are you glad the old man is dealt with and he needs to be dealt with and we need to keep him on that cross that the body of sin might be what destroyed you know we have a warfare we have a battle as believers we have a threefold battle one of the main battles is with the flesh the bible calls it the flesh we have a war daily with that but you know thank god we have a victory in that that victory is the cross to live that life in the power of the resurrection but to reckon ourselves dead with him to be dead with christ you know i wish i got more of the revelation of this as a young believer most of my difficulties really were i'm just being very honest was the fact that i didn't really die very well and i didn't like to die and I wish I had got the revelation of this as a young Christian because I think it would have saved me an awful lot of heartache. An awful lot of heartache. What it is to be dead. What it is that the body of sin should be destroyed. What it is to be crucified with Christ. What it is to take up your cross and follow the Lord. Now that might all sound a very negative thing, but if there's no death, then the greatest thing that you can experience is the newness of his life. The resurrection and the power. There's life when there's a death. When there's a death of self, there's a life in Christ. That's the resurrection. And in the resurrection, what happens in understanding the symbolism of baptism, being buried and dead with him and being risen with him, what happens is something wonderful. He puts his desires in your heart for those things which are eternal. He gives you a new heart. Isn't it great to have new desires? You know, you see all that this world is looking for, what they're, what they're longing after, what they're chasing after, what they're searching after. But isn't it great to have that desire, that new life, and the desire for the things which are above? In Colossians chapter 3, if you turn over to it, this is the symbolism, but this is the reality also of the heart that he puts within us as believers. In the resurrected new life, we have new desires. Colossians 3 and 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, if ye then be risen with Christ, what are we to do? We're to seek those things which were, are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on the things were above. You know, I mentioned it a couple of months ago when I was speaking, but I believe that what has happened in the last days or what is happening is that the enemy is trying to take the affection of the church to get us to focus on the earthly and what is happening all around us and the despair and the fear and the depression and all of that. But friends, God wants us to get our desires and affection on the things above where Christ is, where he's seated where he's far above all things, all principalities and powers, where the great victor sits, where the prince of peace is, 
where our joy is, where our hope is, where our healing is. It's in Christ tonight. And we get our affections on those things which are above and not on the things of the earth. Why? Verse 3 says, for ye are dead. That's what it says, for ye are dead. But your life is hid with Christ and God. You know, friends, the storms are blowing hard. The winds are going to increase. Make no mistake about it. The rains are going to get heavier. The storms are going to get, and the clouds are going to get black in this world in which we're living in. But you know, I tell you, I thank God tonight that our lives are hid with Christ and God. Let the winds blow. The storms of life may come. Sometimes he'll bid them cease, but sometimes they'll increase. Sometimes they'll increase. Sometimes it will get heavy. Sometimes we feel we're taking on a lot of water. But listen, you know, the greatest thing that you can have and the greatest assurance you can have tonight is that your life is hid with Christ in God. What an amazing assurance we have that our lives are hid with Christ in God. Friends, what a place we have, what a refuge, what a strong tower, what we have in Christ tonight to know this Christ. So water baptism is for believers. It's for those who have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't save you. It's very important. You know, a lot of people feel, well, I was baptized, I meet them so often, I was baptized as a child. Does that mean I'm going to heaven? Bible clearly teaches us, friends, as only those that repent are born of the Spirit, put their trust in Jesus. They are the only ones that are going to heaven, regardless of where you're from or who you are, red and yellow, black and white, whoever you are. Friends, listen tonight. When we repent of our sin, put our faith and trust in Jesus, we have a great assurance, we have a new life, that we're going to heaven. You know, I was reading today, the Bible calls it as such a wonderful statement. It's the earnest of the Spirit. And you know what that word earnest means? It's the down payment. This is, this is, I tell you, when I meditated on this this morning, it's the down payment. The payment has been made for your soul. The purchase has been made. Jesus Christ has shed his own precious blood he saved you by his grace. You're saved. Amen. And the down payment Amen. has been paid. Amen. I want to tell you something. He's coming back Amen. for what he's redeemed. Amen. Because it belongs to him. Amen. He holds the title deeds. He's purchased you with his own precious blood. And he's coming back. And he's coming back soon. And that's the earnest of the spirit. The Bible says that we groan. The Bible says that we groan. We groan in this earthly tabernacle, but one day very soon, this earthly tabernacle is going to disintegrate. We're going to be put into either a grave or Christ is going to burst through the clouds and in a moment, we're going to be changed. You know what it says? It says in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. No more pain, no more backache, no more leg ache, no more hip ache, no more neck ache, 
No more sleepless nights. No more troubles. No more struggles. No more cancers. No more disease. Amen. None of it. It's all passed away. And we'll be forever with the Lord. He's coming for his down payment. Tonight you can know what it is to be purchased. To be bought. To be redeemed. To be washed in the blood. To be ready. You put your faith and trust in Jesus. Repent of your sin. You can walk into those waters to identify yourself with Jesus. You can be buried with him and you can be risen with him and you can walk in the newness Amen. of life. It's wonderful to be saved. It's wonderful to be saved. It's simple. Tonight, just remind ourselves that we're dead with him. Though a lot of your struggles Brother or sister, a lot of your struggles is because we haven't died. Or that old man's come back up again. But we just need to keep him in his place and walk in the resurrection and the life, the new life, the new desires. Are you looking forward to seeing Jesus? I do believe he's coming soon. And there's a groan within us. You know, you hear it so often, so many people at the minute so talking the same way. You know, we're just ready for him to come. We sense it, that he's coming. I pray we're all ready. We want to walk in obedience to his word. If you're not water baptized and you're sealed, it's so important you go through the waters in obedience to God's word because we want to obey him, because we love him. Walk in the blessing of the Lord. If you're here tonight, you're not right with God, you're not saved. Tonight, tonight, you can put your faith and trust in Jesus. Amen. Repent of your sin. Get right with God. A new life. A new life. A new life. And you can go through those waters. Identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there anybody else in the world you'd rather identify with than Jesus? Wonderful. Let's pray together.